The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. The bowl stuff done come out, baby. We headed to the Alamo Bowl. We'll talk about that and the college football playoffs. That and a little bit more here on the Sooner or Later Sports Show. I am your host, Jay. Thank y'all for pulling up here on the YouTube channel and listening wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to while you're here. Please wipe your feet, like, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Let's go ahead and give us five anyway and gift it. So on today's episode of the Sooner or Later Sports Show, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, argue about, you know, and all that jazz. We've got the Alamo Bowl. We're going to talk about the college football playoffs. The question is, did they get it right? It's a little bit of recruit news to go out there because one person might be taking a job that should be getting all y'all excited. So we'll dive into all of that with the collective as usual. We've got Coop and we got Chris. Gentlemen, happy Sunday. How y'all doing today? Doing good, doing good, bro. Doing good. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, thank y'all for pulling up. Hey, we appreciate it. Go ahead. Has has anything gone on the past couple of days? Because I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. But then I had some issues with my vehicle. And so I just haven't looked at my phone. But yeah, we just, uh, we anything good? Um, no, we'll just, I'm just going to say no. All right. I don't feel like there's anything good that's happened at all today, actually. You know, <laughs> um, I got, we, we know, you know, who's in the comments. You got your, uh, you got your shorthorn fans in here wanting to, uh, be all excited and stuff. You know, I'm happy for them. They don't get much very often. So, you know, they got to celebrate what they, uh, occasionally get. So we'll, we'll give them that. Um, but my favorite thing is I keep getting trolled by them and I never troll them. And it's just like, dang, y'all really like to just mess with me. They haven't messed with I'm me nice? at all. <laughs> is it because I'm me? nice? <laughs> it's it's got to be because I'm nice. Is I, Am I an easy target because I'm nice? Why everybody be uh, talking noise? Uh, I, uh, I mean, frightening. I mean, I know you like to keep saying you paid your dues, man, but uh, y'all really have been ass for like 10 years. So I, I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Just don't um I don't know about dues being paid. It's it's kind of embarrassing to be absolutely honest. But you know, hey, y'all keep doing what you do. Do your thing. I'm happy for you, right? You know, and I say I keep getting trolled. I keep getting trolled. I keep getting trolled like crazy. And I'm just like, what did I do to get trolled? I ain't talked bad about nobody. Hell, I don't even really pick on anybody about the Red River. But I get trolled hard, man. Frightening, you don't count. You family. So, you know, I expect you to be talking shit. So that's normal. But everybody else, I don't get it. But anyway, let's jump into that the most language. important conversation. Right. Let's talk about the most important stuff here. We're going to the Alamo Bowl, guys. And I'm not very happy about it. Um, I don't get um, I don't get how based upon the resumes, that's where we're at. So I'm gonna pass it around the panel. Cool. Chris, how y'all feel about uh, us getting overlooked like that? Go, Coop. All right. Well, we took a look at a lot of data points. We took a look at a lot of, like, reason. We took a look at a lot of um, things that you would factor in, and then we just went with whatever we thought. I mean, at this point, like... Just come out and say, like, you guys, we we kind of just had to do Liberty a solid. Uh, this is the last year. You know, I don't know what happened. Because, again, if you look at Penn State, you've seen Penn State be anemic on offense a lot. 
Are they good on defense? Sure. Uh, are they absolutely nothing on – I mean, we're making fun of Iowa. Penn State ain't too far behind. All right, so you got that. Um, you've got Ole Miss, who they played two teams with a pulse. Both of them got them. Anybody who who beat Ole Miss worked Ole Miss. So there's that. Uh, I'm not going to get into Liberty because, again, I understand. You, you know, go for it. But it's just right now to where, you know, I it's – as an Oklahoma fan – we all kind of were excited about the uh, the Arizona game. Nobody can look around. You can look at the pass interference call in Bedlam. You can look at Jeff Levy. You can you 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 you, you did what you wanted to do at the beginning of the season, and, and you got better. All right. So right. this whole Brent Venables era started at the Alamo Bowl. Let's let's uh, really kick it up to a next notch here, right? And let's let's go. Let's get it going because I I, I want to see. Um, I want to see just OU go out and make a statement. And I think that that's the opportunity that OU has is, yes, it is the Alamo Bowl. Nobody really gives a damn. The, you know, next year when the playoffs hit, nobody's going to care about the trans-perfect union credit poinsettia bowl or anything like that. Nobody's going to care about these things. So, you know what? You go out there. You get some young, you get some young talent going. You know, it's extra weeks of bowl practice, which, again, you know, those things are huge. Um, I, I see the Arizona game as a little lose-lose because if we go out and beat them, you're supposed to. If you go out and lose, it's a big deal. But let's just get better. Let's uh, let, let's let's you know see our new offense coordinators uh, for at OU in Arizona. December 28th ain't bad. Like let's do it. Let's uh, let's have it going. Uh, Nobody is going to be too excited about this. I thought that this was a potential thing that can happen. Was I thought we were going to slightly get kind of edged out. Um, you know, for a playoff spot, and then everybody be frustrated, but we'd have a New Year's Six Bowl to kind of fall back on. But now it's we got edged out of that New Year's Six Bowl, and now we're you know playing another decent team. So you know, it, it's all right. Like this team did achieve some goals. They still have lots to work to do, and there is going to be a freaking season on <laughs> recruiting season, portal season, and all that stuff between here and kickoff for next year is going to be massive. So. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to throw a fit. Yeah, I'm frustrated. I think we probably did deserve over Ole Miss and and Penn State and and whoever else might be out there. But when it's all when it all is good to it, I mean, we're going to go. Uh, you know, if you put Kyler Murray's uh, athletic talent to DG's body, I think that's the uh, that's the Arizona quarterback. So um, he he is uh, he's tiny. He's fast. They've got some good playmakers. You go out there and you you play a fun game, and let's just go have some fun, and nobody cares. Uh, you know, win or lose, obviously you want to win, but, uh, you know, it's not like we're playing for anything except for uh, momentum going into the next season. Chris, what you thinking, man? Look, biggest takeaway from it all is just the fact that, um, you know, and we'll get to them in a little while, but the committee doesn't know what they're doing, right? Nobody knows what they're doing right now. College football is just a – it's a big question mark, but I'll say this right here. There there are things to be excited about, folks, and honestly, there's more pros than there is cuts. First off, 11 wins is on the line. We could get to 11 wins, right? Yeah. This Arizona team is not great, but it's respectable. They're on the same tier as some of the uh, – I would say if they were in the Big 12 this year, they'd probably finish somewhere middle of the road, probably four uh somewhere between three and six I, I would say probably honestly i would say probably about four uh because i mean the pack 12 pack 12 is pretty good this year but the thing is you got 11 wins on the on the uh on the line second thing is obviously what coop just said 
uh, people, we get to see what um, um, what life is like post levy, right? Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see too much variation or whatnot, but I think you'll see similar the, the similar characteristics, probably similar plays, but you'll see the right guys in there. I think they're going to get the better personnel in there. Uh, and this is also a game where you could uh, possibly see um, a lot of a lot of younger guys, right? Hopefully, uh, Vickers is healthy. Hopefully, he can come back or whatnot. You know, you want to sing Woody guys like Woody Washington out on a high note. This is a game for a lot of people to get more run, more rip. Um, yeah. I think that possibly you, with with Tawi leaving now, you could see. You know, I, I think this is kind of like a make or break game going into it for Javante Bournes if he doesn't get into the portal early, right? So this is a game where there's some there's some questions that can be answered with this game going into the next season, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, DG is going to play. If that doesn't happen, I mean, Jackson Arnold, I mean, there's there's a lot of time, folks, that, that where things can really mm-hmm. develop. I don't know. Obviously, I would like to go out there full guns and blazing. But I mean, this is a game right here where you're you're wanting to kind of see a little bit of the imprint. You don't want to see the the well. You're not going to see the the in, the total install of what Latrell is wanting to do out there. But I think you're going to see some of those characteristics. I think he's going to be more aggressive with the play calling. It, 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 that's my hope. But there are a lot of storylines out there that you have to look forward to. And like I said, eleven wins coming from six and seven last year to now. Uh, having a, a great chance to, to to win a bowl game, get one under um, uh, BV's, uh, you know, get one under his wing. But also, like I said, to go to get eleven wins, to go eleven and two, which everybody told you you wouldn't be able to. That's big in itself. So for me, this is just another thing because we're far from a finished product, and I think that's oh yeah to take a, a step back and understand. So this is a building block game because, like I told Jay on my podcast and. This podcast and Ty's podcast, it's about OU. It's not OU versus Arizona. It's OU versus the expectation, right? Yeah. So to close this season out on a high note, to get a win, kind of wash some of those bad tastes out, uh, out of our mouths and get a taste of what life is going to be like post-Levy, I think that's great in itself. So uh, you make a good point about we're going to see, of course, one, the new era of play calling here, but – also, that we're going to see young people. And, you know, I think Kizuna Cowboy asked a question of who we want to see. And uh, Corey, no, Colorado did not beat Arizona. Arizona beat Colorado. And that's when we started realizing that Arizona was not weak. And so we realized that they're actually a team. And so we'll break that down closer to that date in two weeks. Got to watch a lot more of their film. But they uh, they went out there. They almost beat USC. And that's when people were like, oh, wait a minute. This actually might be a good team. And then they've won five straight games. And so they finished season nine and three, which is really good, right? We're not playing a scrub. And I totally understand the notion of we've made the Alamo bowl with eight wins. And I agree with 10 wins, we should have been rewarded, but you know, we got hoodwinked, bamboozled, let us straight run amok and flat out deceived by the committee because they don't care about quality wins. They care about quality losses. (laughs) And except for when they talk about the playoffs, which, you know, this is a slight, you know, jab at my people over there at Texas, is that if they really cared about quality losses, Texas technically has the worst loss, right? I mean, technically, since we're 12, they would have the worst loss. So how did they, you know, be able to get in? Which, granted, I do believe it should be in there. I mean, we beat a really good Texas team, and they've continued to be that team. So, yeah, but we didn't get rewarded for it. I think that's the thing that makes me mad and very salty 
about how they set this up. We we did get the short end of the stick on it. But the good thing is, too, is this, is that uh, Coach Chavis had tweeted this out. I'm going to go ahead and um, we'll share the screen in just a second. I want y'all to check this out because I think this is probably one of the best um, best things that we've seen out of us is that we have played the most freshmen in the nation, right? We have a calculation of 4,240 total snaps by freshmen and redshirt freshmen, which is number one of ranked teams in the country. Teams ranked, we're playing young players, and we're winning games. This ain't going to do nothing but make us better next season, which that's the thing I appreciate the most is that we are playing young players. They're getting out there. They're getting snaps and they're actually executing on set snaps. You can't beat that, right? So we're going to see a lot of the young guys play. A lot of the young guys play in this game. Um, I'm assuming that DG is going to be our quarterback in this game. You know, this is his last hoorah. Yeah. And then you'll see a bunch of young players getting some getting some burn, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my anticipation. One thing, one thing, like 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 I've I've been telling a lot of people. I told Jason this. Shout out to Jason. Um, you guys know who I'm talking about. Hall of Fame football college podcast. But I told Jason one of the things I'm really excited about and why I think this defense has a chance to take another step next year. And, and and be somewhere in the ballpark of being elite. I'm not saying they're going to be elite, but I'm saying why they could be is because two things. First off, Danny and and uh, Billy Bowman are both safety valves. They're they're safety valves for Venables. They're coaches on the field. They're his coaches on the field. If anything gets past Danny, nothing's going to get past Billy. Right. They're over there. They're doing all the things as far as the calls, making sure everybody's lined up right, doing all the rest of that stuff. This is a huge summer. Um, this is going to be a huge winter, spring and summer for a lot of guys, Gavin Sawchuck especially, but Peyton Bowen. His maturation in a game like this right here, I would love to see him get a lot of tick in this game here simply because if Billy comes back, it's going to be beautiful to see those two honestly take that that DB room to another level because both of those guys make plays. And the same plays that Billy is making now is the same plays that we've heard all uh, all throughout camp, through his high school career, all the rest of that, and we've seen glimpses of it with Peyton Bowen. So I think that right. the best is still, yet, is still yet to come, and I think that some of these younger guys are going to have huge roles um, this would be a game where I would love to see PJ get a lot of tick as well, and I think he will. I, I think I, I'm I'm eager to say that this game should be at at some point during the game you should be able to start seeing your younger guys play an awful lot, the Lewis Carters, all the rest of that, to see really what you what you have. But um, that's something that I'm definitely excited about, especially just piggybacking off of that point, Jay. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you on that portion of it. I, I'm wondering where what where we decide to play more youth because that's the thing about it is is we're playing youth regardless on the field. That's the crazy part is most of the players we're playing are young. I do expect to, well the question is going to be for me is who do we think is going to opt out right? Who do we think is going to opt out of this game and not play and prepare themselves for the draft? That's kind of what I'm curious about. Uh, Coop, I'll pass to you on this one, man. Anybody in your mind you think going to potentially opt out? Um, I mean, it's going to be on draft grades. I mean, Tyler Guyton's probably done, right? Yeah. Um, you he's know, one he, I was expecting he, to. 
yeah, he's going to be gone. Um, I would say, I would say that we're going to probably have more portal transfer opt outs than we have opt out op, opt outs. Um, you know, people on the docket who who have the capabilities. Uh, you, you start with uh, you start with Danny. Um, you get out there. Uh, Billy Bowman has the option of it, and um, I think Billy Bowman needs to come back and 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 have another year like he did this year. Like this year was great. He was phenomenal. He was big. But man, if you um, uh, if you have another year like this, you know he starts getting up towards like the third, second, first round, you know, uh, opportunities. Um, you know he's going to have, if, especially if he comes back, he's going to have a lot of uh, you know preseason All American um, uh, clout because they're going to want to make up for uh, the, the the crimes that they have committed against him here at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, dude is just about the same story as the bland guy from the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Billy Bowman is, is I mean, he is rolling. Um, and they're talking about that guy left and right. And Billy Bowman, you know, what do you have? A hundred yard pick six and a 65 yard pick six, you know, back to back, you know, so, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking those two, I'm thinking those two, we might see somebody like a Marcus major opt out and, you know, play around with hearing, you know, what his, I think his measurables are great, but, uh, I mean, you got to have some film. I don't know of anybody else that, uh, just off the top of my head that I think that would, would, uh, would bounce. Uh, I mean, you always got the Dylan Gabriel opt out too. Um, that is an option. And, um, you know, I, where I think truly that is a, I might be heading to a new school or I might be, you know, really practicing for the combine um, or just a programmatic like, hey, Dylan, we appreciate what you've done here. Uh, we got this younger guy over here. We're going to go ahead and give a little round. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe DG um, sticks around. I, I just see him being too good of a guy to, you know, really just bounce uh, so that he can go somewhere else. So I, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, in truth, you asked this question, you know, like a serious question. Do we want DG back? I think we would love to have him back as a backup, but he's not going to start. And so on, on that sense, it would make more sense for him to go ahead and go pro or transfer, which I don't see him transferring to another school to play one more time. I truly see him going ahead, entering his name in the in the draft pool and just see what happens. Because as a lefty, I know one team that probably wouldn't mind having a guy that could come in that's left-handed, and if anything happens to the starter, just keeps the Bienvenido a Miami. Yeah, the Miami Dolphins would not mind having a quarterback like that in place just in case something happens to Tua, because we know Tua is technically considered energy-prone. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, it makes more sense to me for him to go pro and work around and unless he decides that he wants to coach. Now that's something I could see at him too. I could see him end up being a grad assistant somewhere as well. So it's multiple and, options for him in front of him. And truth, I mean, the thing is, is that we're not throwing him away, but I mean, the thing is, we're not going to slow down. Jay, I, I don't, I don't think that the, the, the thought around the, uh, around campus right now is that, Hey, we need to slow down Jackson's uh, development to, cater towards Dylan or whatnot if he wants to stay another year. I think the thing is, is that it, it's, look, it served its purpose. It was a relationship. This was a bridge that honestly was built um, and, it, 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 and it produced, you know? It's right. something that, hey, it, it, this was the bridge. So Jackson Arnold, Michael Hawkins, uh, the Sperry kid that they can walk yep. over. He served his purpose. And I think that, hey, it, it's time to, you know, say farewells 
on both ends and go ahead and, and, and go into the next chapter as we go into the SEC. I think yeah. the, I, I, if I may, now yeah, fighting, you know, I, I, I try to leave you alone, but I think the question you really need to ask yourself is why the hell is Quinn staying with this? You know, he's, he's, He's been this amazing quarterback and all the rest of the stuff. He should go and test his luck. You would think that that's the natural succession. So guys like Malik Murphy and Arch Manning can go ahead and step into their own so they can get most or more more or most of the development. But for us, I think I can speak for a lot of student fans when I say, you know, it served its purpose. I think it's time now. Yeah, and I agree there. And, and, and truth, I'm not sure where you're getting the tossing him away or he needs to move on piece. He's been here two years. It there's not much more for him to do for us with what we have in the chamber, right? Like we're ready to move into the Jackson Arnold era because Jackson Jackson has a higher ceiling. I think that I say DG has a lower has a higher floor. I think that his floor is a little bit elevated over Jackson because we're still yet to see what Jackson Arnold's final product is, but he has a higher ceiling. So we let him wait in the wings. He's got some reps. He ended up not having, being able to redshirt because he had to play late in the season after the neck injury because come to find out it wasn't a concussion. It was a neck injury that uh, DG had against uh, BYU. So in that case, yeah, it's time to see what the new guy can do. Let's go see what the young pup has got. What's he got? To, we're not throwing DG away. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to – we're moving on to the next – the new era uh, of uh, of Western civilization or Sooner mm-hmm. civilization as we would call it. And yeah, we're we're. I think Jackson Arnold can be seventy percent as well. I think I, that he has the capabilities. Yeah, I mean, we had a, the number three ranked offense in the country, and most of the fan base was not uh, was not. Um, they weren't happy. Not excited about it. But we we also saw we've seen the maximum. Dylan Gabriel ain't getting better. There, the arm strength is not going to get better. Um, you know, he's, he's one hit away from, and I know that's true for everybody, but Dylan Gabriel is a a lot more closer, but he's one, one hit away from a wasted season. And, uh, you know, right now we've got a year in the program with Jackson. You've got, uh, Michael Hawkins coming in next year and then Kevin Sperry. So, I mean, like for him to stick around, I I mean, trust me. And I know that you kind of made a comment about the truth there. Um, Quinn, uh, Quinn, uh, Malik, and Arch, they ain't all three going to be there next year. Somebody's bouncing. And you got to right. think it's probably Malik. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's just what we're trying to avoid because, uh, I mean, I think Texas loses a, a good amount of stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see because, I I mean, I just pulled the little receipts from one of your boys on the, uh, on the Twitter network. They're frightening. And I'm not going to drop any names because I want any extra attention going to come to these clowns. But um, they were pimping out a Quinn Ewers, the number two quarterback off the board, and probably no, I think it was the number four pick in the NFL draft before the year. And uh, if you think he was the number four pick in the in, in the uh, draft, you know, coming up, uh, I, he sure the hell doesn't because that's why he's going back. Um, right. And so uh, you know, I, I fully I fully believe that uh, Jackson Arnold is going to you know, start out his first season, um, probably at a, at a, at, at a higher, you know, rate than we probably saw Dylan Gabriel uh, through most of his career. Um, now he had some great times and he had, but I mean, it's, I think we all seen him wind up for a deep ball and, you know, uh, a little game of 500 breakout downfield. I think I've seen enough of that. Yeah. And, and I mean, okay. So two things that I want to add to this as well. So, uh, 
shout out to Nick, your boy Nick Nino's Corner, uh, Friday and every for everybody else in here. Nick put in a, a stat in our in our chat that was very alarming. Quinn and D, uh, DG have not. What, what was it, I, Jay? I know you saw it. Uh, what did he say? He said something about they haven't made it through a full season. season. Yeah, yeah, in their yeah. entire careers. In their yeah. entire careers. And then also, uh, kind of piggybacking off of your point, Coop, about DG. Here's the thing. Here's the hard truth. His stock is not going to get any higher. It would have been lovely for him to get a matchup in the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State or somebody like that to try to elevate to confirm. Yeah. So he can possibly get an invite. I don't even know. I'm not sure if he will get a combined invite. He should. He should. Um, But at the same time, his stock is not going to get any higher. He's a late round guy that's going to be a value pick that is a, a durable backup probably in the league. And I mean, that's just the honest to truth, honest to God truth. Um, and I, and I think he could find some magic. You never know. He could find that T-Bow magic, right? That sooner magic. Um, but the last thing is simply just right here. And I think I get truth's point about, you know, throwing away this, throwing away that I get that he's a bit proven. He's a bit more seasoned, but with this new, uh, with Seth Luttrell stepping at the helm, I'm really excited because like I've said before, I said it on my podcast, uh, uh, on Thursday. He pushes the ball down the field, and he will give his wide receivers a chance. A lot of one-on-ones. It's, he pushes the ball down the field, and I think with Jackson Donald, that's going to play right into his hands, especially whenever he gets out there uh, on those blue legs and all the rest of that stuff. He's going to put a lot of people in bind with his legs. People are going to be worried about that. But Seth Luttrell's offense is made to get you down the field. It's not made to go east and west. It's a north-south run and pass threat. Oh yeah, and and that's the difference you're gonna see between the uh, Jackson and Dylan, and that's like no, that's like I said, no absolute no shade to DG, and we've appreciated everything that he's done. It's just now it's time to go see if this national Gatorade National Player of the Year is everything he was advertised to be, right? If DG does decide to come back, I mean, he'll probably come back as a backup to him and just letting him go. 70% completion percentage is legit, and DG put up the numbers you need. The ceiling is higher with Jackson Arnold, and so there's a chance that instead of us having 4,000 yards of total offense, we can have 4,500 yards of total offense with Jackson Arnold after throwing it and running it. You can probably have about 45 touchdowns instead of 35 touchdowns, right? So there's different levels. Like I said, again, we ain't pushing DG out. The expectation was that he wasn't going to play after the season anyway. But besides hey, that, go ahead. Hey, Jay. I don't know. I mean, if I'm DG, I'm taking that as love. I'm taking that as love because, you know, like our friend Yormark, you know, as he just heard himself getting booze rained down that made Roger Goodell look like a, a you know, a, a beloved character. Um, you know, I think DG knows. And I think that the conversations are there. People want to know. People want to know what's next. Uh, right. the grass is always greener, the backup quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, and somebody said, a, a Senator for Hawaii, it is very, very, very um, likely that that guy is going to go make some dough being a backup. And then he is going to go out and do great things in Hawaii. Um, he may be a coach. Uh, isn't Chang the uh, coach right now or uh, Colt Brennan or one of the one of those uh, famous Hawaii guys? Yeah. You know, um, they're out there right now. I, I don't, I mean, he well, loves his native homeland. So, so yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Cole Brennan isn't, yeah. but yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Fair point. Yeah, and and that's and he could become a coach. I, like I said, there's so many options for DG. He's got a lot in front of him because a lot of people love what he did. But I, truth, we do expect him playing. Um, we do expect him to play in the bowl game. And no, y'all play Mississippi State. We don't play Mississippi State next season. Yeah. So y'all have fun with Jeff Levy terrorizing y'all once again. Uh, we'll just say that, my boy. Uh, we got we got Ole Miss instead, and Ole Miss. We go down, uh, go down to the Grove and play them, which is going to be fun. But outside of that, let's jump into the uh, the committee. Oh, and we've got another jo- person that's just joined the house. Ty Hayes from Around the Table Sports, the guy where my toothbrush is, sitting right now, is joining us for the back half of the show. Ty, how's it going, man? Can't complain. We paused the movie, the, making some dinner, and I got the okay to come in here and make a fool of myself. So here we are. We there put, we go. <laughs> we putting this bomb on? I, I, I don't want to hear nothing that Ty got to say. I don't. Wow. I don't want to hear nothing what, that, what that Ty has to say. Oh, uh, Jay, I don't speak poverty. What did he say? I don't want to hear anything that Ty has to say. We know it. Can you know it. So, does, and does anybody here happen to speak so poverty Ty. that can translate? So, Ty. So, Ty, I got to get – me and you have been texting back and forth because we both think this is a wild notion. Oklahoma's in the Alamo Bowl. Give the people your thoughts. You know, we'll go probably more in depth tomorrow, but, you know, we got to do it here for the pod as well. That's that's a farce. Look, if we're going by best wins, best losses, Oklahoma has a better resume than any of the two lost teams. Like, let's just be real about it. Let me get this picture, Jay, you sent me earlier um, because it was it was wild, and I have no doubt that you've talked about it. But as we sit here, you have Oklahoma, Penn State, Old Miss, Missouri. This is the contentious four, I would say. Oklahoma has two ranked wins, being Texas, SMU. Texas is going to the college football playoffs. They are one of the best teams in the nation. That is one of the best wins in college football. How many other teams can look up and say, we beat a top five team? Oklahoma has that. They have two losses that came at close margins. I grant you, you would have loved those games go differently, but there's a nuanced conversation that needs to be had around those games. We look at Penn State. Next, we look at Ole Miss. They have one ranked win. They have five wins versus bowl teams and two losses. Uh, Listen, Ole Miss is a good team. The thing is, and why people question them, and I don't get mad when people question Ole Miss, because you don't know what you're going to expect out of Lane. Is Ole Miss a good team? Yes, but they're not a serious team. And I think that's a fair observation. Like, I I, I didn't be interested in hearing from the panel, Jay, afterwards about that. Because Ole Miss is good. I just don't find them to be super serious, and it's not the player's fault. You just don't know what rabbit Lane's going to pull out of the hat. That's always been kind of the question mark with him. Then I look at Missouri. Now, this is where, Jay, I was telling you before you'd sent me this, I was like, Oklahoma is above all two lost teams. The only one that has an argument, in my opinion, is Missouri. And then you sent me this. And when I saw it in front of me, (laughs) OU has got a better win. And I, I, listen, I think that SMU and K-State, is there a massive difference between the two? I think not. There is a massive difference between Texas, Tennessee. And if you say there is, is there as massive of a difference between SMU and K-State as there is between Texas and Tennessee? Absolutely not. Texas is a far better team than Tennessee at every single level of that team. And and then you look at the losses. Yeah, they have great losses, but where's the win? 
right? You have less win versus bowl teams, and you don't have as good of a win. How OU isn't in a New Year Six is the one thing I'm trying to figure out. And Jay, I already know you've said it. You beat two conference champions. Like, what more can you ask for, right? I, right, like, I, I, and I know you've probably already talked about it. I liked Alabama in, and as uncomfortable as a conversation as it is, Boo Carrington and the committee, and I know he's he's wild, but they said how many times this week, it's not about the most deserving. It's about the four best. And they even right. have codified into their parameters provisions dealing with injuries or loss of coaches. Unfortunately, we saw that. And I know it's a quarterback. It's just one player, but it's the one person on the field besides the center who touches the ball every single time he's on the field. It does matter. Oklahoma is at full strength. Like, I I just don't understand how this works out. Now, that being said, I'm really excited to see y'all play Arizona. I think Arizona has been a super underrated team. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but you deserve better. Simple play. I, exactly. And I, I 100% agree with you on that. And so that leads me to uh, – I'll let the panel kind of answer on that first. And then we're going to talk about this uh, this big news that just, just, that's, that's just hit the, hit the wire uh, a couple minutes ago I mean, that looks like it's going down. Guys, it, it, you know, they say that the, the Florida State not being in there I, – I, I, I saw somebody say, blame TCU – for 65, you know, giving up 65 and getting their getting their brains beat in last year. I don't know if that's that's fully on accurate or not, but I promise you, um, with a lot of the stuff that's going on in TV right now, th- there were some calls that were. Pro- I mean, there was some notes passed along. There had to be that, guys. We can't we can't do this because people aren't going to tune in on New Year's Day for a potential just massive drubbing. And I don't care how good Florida State's defense looked against, uh, you know, looked against Louisville. I know what Louisville did to Notre Dame, and I think that we overhyped that game. But I mean, Louisville also, you know, went down to Kentucky, who looked like Lost they were the floating dead in the water. And yeah, and and so I mean, it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. They held on. Please do not compare it to Cardell Jones either with Ohio State. Because they showed up and put Wisconsin down 70 to nothing, if I remember correctly, in that conference championship game and eliminated all arguments. Yeah. Now, you got six, you got six teams. You got four spots. Two people are going to be mad. It was going to happen. We were going to be having this conversation one way or the other. Um, so for the, for, the, for the six, you got that. And then you got everything else. Listen, intelligence was not a factor in, 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 this, in the selection of a lot of these games. It, it, there were so many different things, and what did we we saw the parameters of the Big Twelve Championship game get shifted around a couple times the weeks of right before the game, and then then we see the stuff with the uh, with with the committee. And who of you have seen the Mike Leach video from Washington State a few years ago when he talks about the committee? Jay, I think I sent it to you, and I definitely retweeted it out. Listen, I mean the freaking pirate was calling this when he was still at Wazoo, saying let's put a bunch of guys who don't have a lot to do with football into a committee and let's let them pick he's like why do we even play the why do we play the season let's just do it at the beginning of the season then we can all just kind of make it through and then we'll do what they picked out beforehand no you're right and it's it's absurd just the thought that the the logic that they typically use on some things aren't used on others so yeah let's go ahead and jump into this big news that everybody wants to talk about Uh oh chris uh, chris chris you're you're on mute 
You're on mute. You're muted. You got you, you got you got something, Chris? You're on mute. Yeah, I was on mute. I, I was letting everybody else get get off. But hey, I, I got to be able to talk about this. Look, go ahead, this, go ahead, get out, go off, get off. The committee today that was bush league. That was stupid. That was retort. That, that that was just it, it. Just was a lot of different things that I. It, it was disgusting. It was crazy. I mean, it's so many adjectives I could use. Ty, I have to disagree with you. I've been white. I've seen the things that you said. Ty, I had to disagree with you. There's no way that you could keep a a undefeated FSU out of there. Fact of the matter is the weight should have been placed on what was the better win. Was it uh, um, Bama's win against Georgia or, or Texas over OSU in that conference championship? There's no way that you could keep that team out of there just because of the quarterback. They had their third-string quarterback in there, and people are acting like they weren't going to get their second-string guy back who was concussed. People are acting like they couldn't have installed something over these next couple of weeks, these next three weeks, to actually open that offense up or at least mirror what they had. The fact of the matter is is that it should have it should have been a question between three teams, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. Should have never gotten to this point. The committee yet again dropped the ball, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that they don't care. It's a ratings show. It's a ratings bonanza. This is why the 12-team playoff. I'm not a fan of the 12-team playoff. I think you should leave it at six and be done. But the fact of the matter is the 12-team playoff is going to fix this, but there's there's no way that you can go and penalize a team. That Florida State team. And, and here's here's one of the That's other, why you can do it. It's codified in their it. laws. You, you, you can say that. You can say that. I don't but have you, to say it. They say it. Here's one of the things that really sucks in this. It's not the tweets or anything like that by Mike Norvell or um, or uh, um, the Travis kid. But the big problem is, is that Florida State may never get this chance again. Why? As Mike, Mike Norvell has worked his ass off to get them to this point. There was a point in time where we were all laughing about those Florida State um, uh, Twitter spaces because they were going off on him. They were going crazy, all the rest of the stuff. He's been on the hot seat, finally has the team. You're telling me that because they don't have their quarterback and because they've been working on just a week-to-week basis and not been able to just have those guys totally prepared, that we're not going to get to see Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson torch some uh, torch some defenses up and down the field. That is Bush League, man. It's crazy that the committee did that. I have no problem with Alabama getting in. Texas getting in, it is what it is. But the fact of the matter is, is that it should have been boiled down to simply this. Who had the better conference championship win between you guys and Texas? And that didn't happen. The committee put the the best four teams. No, they put uh, the the ratings bonanza in there. It's crazy that that happened. It's hey, crazy. I, I, so, that may be, I have one question for you, Chris. Who would you favor FSU over in Michigan, Texas, Washington, or Bama? An FSU that was really struggling against Florida that is absolute dog water and had Max Brown. I, he, I didn't see Keon Coleman doing much there. What did he have? Uh, but who, Ty, what did he have? One reception, four point. yards? That goes back oh. to my earlier point. You have a quick turnaround. You got four or five days to really try to get this dude ready. He's not. And they got to, they got one month to prepare for him, and one what he month. hasn't been able to do. I'm one saying, month to prepare for, ways, for if they would have got in there and played that works both ways. 
But that if works. They would have got in there and played against Michigan. They would have had a lot of success. I'm just gonna leave it. I'm just gonna put it out there like that. I think. They okay, so let me ask. So, so I echo what Ty said. Who would Florida State be favored? Who who would they favor in those? Four? If it's would, not the they're best, they're not gonna be favored either way. Okay, so they did get But the, the fact of the matter is, is that you can't keep them out. Jay, they're undefeated. You can't okay, put a one loss team in over an undefeated team. What's so, so back back to the argument here, and this is what I said with all of this from from the beginning is they didn't put they, they don't want they don't use their same conventional logic for everything across the board because if we have the worst loss, and that's why we were left out from Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri, and now Oregon. If you looked at the top four, it's the exact same thing. Who has the worst loss? But they didn't do that. They went to the teams they felt like were the best, and they went off their best wins. We just got screwed out of that. That's the thing that bothers me about them is because there's lack of consistency with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. If they were consistent, we will be top 10, and we will be in the New Year's Six Bowl. So that's 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 where my quorum has gone with all of this. Also, as Ty mentioned, I, I agree. Me and Ty has been talking about this all day. Like We've been yeah. going back and forth in text and discussion on it, and... I agree that Florida State shouldn't have been left out because Florida State was undefeated. They made it all the way undefeated. And giving them the opportunity to get their quarterback prepared, which the backup uh, tape was coming back, to play in the next game, their defense could have done enough to where he didn't have to do much to win that game anyway, potentially. But we don't know. It's all hypothetical, right? Yeah. But at the same token, this is a TV show. Yeah. That's what we should always remember. There's no logic behind it. It's a TV show. Jay, it's Period. the... It's the fact, it kind of piggybacking off of what you said, it's the fact that you don't even give Florida State the chance to handle business on the field yet again. Right, you and it's automatically disqualify yeah. them because you're saying they're a different team. That's, that's how I felt crazy. about Cincinnati getting in a couple years ago when they played, played Bama. I feel like if you can get yourself undefeated, you deserve the opportunity to get dog walked by, by a contender. You deserve that it. At any time, at any level, high school, JV, middle school, college, pro, there are always upsets. There are always stuff. We talk about this. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. We have. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And the fact that you don't give them the chance is crazy. It's, it's I, wild. But at the same time, I do feel like the I mean, it is what they it have is. are I the best teams. Like I like I if there's a team that I could see I could see Florida State maybe getting a nod depending on location, uh -huh. Texas and Washington, just depends on the location. They put them in the Orange Bowl, that gives them a favorable because that's up the street around the corner, right? That's yeah. like that's, that's one of them BS games that you you do that because that's BS, but because that's that's a, that's a big travel for both, even more for Washington. So like Texas would probably be like a like a like a one and a half point favorite in that game. So it'd be yeah. a lot closer just because of distance and how they're making them travel. Now, if they have Florida State going to like the Fiesta, well, Rose Bowl and Texas going to that one, Texas is a four and a half, five point favorite in that game easily. Washington would be a favorite at the Rose Bowl, but going back to Orange. So that's kind of my deal. It, it's it's all going to depend on location, but it's still absurd in, 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 in all of it. But at the same time, regular season don't matter. Like, why we even care? Can I say one thing, Jay? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead Ty. Keaton, Keaton has a, a point here. He says, Ty, I bet you would be ready to tear down walls if Bama was put in that same scenario, though. If Bama was in the ACC and Jalen Milrow went down, first and foremost, we saw that this year, and it's what held Alabama back. You're meaning to tell me that that USF win without Jalen Milrow wasn't counted against Alabama? It's all I've heard for 10 yeah. weeks. So yeah. respectfully – 
if if I've already seen what Bama is without Jalen Milrow, you bet your sweet bippy they wouldn't deserve to be in the college football playoffs if they would have beaten a bad Louisville team who was not good that night, guys. Let's be honest. This was a Louisville team that got beat by Pitt. I know I picked them to win, but I have never been more disappointed. Jay, and you've heard me talk about they disappointed me more than Notre Dame. And that's a, that's a lot. To, that's, a, that's a big thing to say because Notre Dame has done you dirty this year. What I watched on that football field was disgusting. There's nothing I hate more than bad football. That was disgusting. Look, and credit to Florida State's defense. I don't disagree with you, Jay. I do think they're a good defense. I also think Iowa's a good defense. And Michigan dog-walked them. So, like, I, I hear you, but, like, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Keaton, but I've already seen Bama without Jalen Milrow. And I had to hear about it being held against Alabama that they won a close game against a not great team without their starting quarterback. If Jalen Milrow was out for the rest of the year and Florida State had just beaten Georgia in the SEC championship game and their first their only loss was 10 weeks ago and they'd been trending up, they would deserve to be in. We are not the same team. A Heisman hopeful is no longer there. It's uncomfortable, but yeah. He says, Keaton says, I'm not talking about the ACC, though. If Bama's backup quarterback would have beaten Georgia, then we're not talking about an analogous situation, are we? We're talking more about the situation that Coop posed where Ohio State went out there and absolutely slaughtered an and opponent. That, but that is, to me, is, is that the only difference? Is that the reason why I'm calling them a different team? Because he didn't go out there and show out. And 100%. Show he he his, threw for his, 510 yards. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, come on, man. It's, it's just what crazy. do you mean? Okay. Come on. Real quick, before you ask that question, Coop, I gotta say one thing though. Ty, you gotta stop bringing Iowa into this. We can't be bringing the worst offense in college football history in this conversation. That's that's anymore. true. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough, fair enough. We can't bring them in. They 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 fired. Twenty five points was his threshold. The dude still got fired. Like that's embarrassing. They don't even care about offense. Do they even play offense in Iowa? It feels like they just purposely punt so they can play defense and score touchdowns. Hey. Did you see the graphic where they had New England versus somebody and they had a player on the other team? They had Bill Belichick in the graphic. That's what Iowa's been doing. They've had their punter in the graphic on ABC for all their games. Their damn punter. Please. Most fans don't even know their punter's name. Let me, let me ask you this. I'm so, sorry, Ben. That's on me. Does this, does this story completely disappear if Georgia goes out and beat three shades of crap out of out of Florida State, probably, possibly, and if Florida State beats Georgia, then it does. It does all it does oh, is that's going to be amazing! Oh, listen, if that happens, I will, I will, I will join Chris and be like, Chris, you're pretty, I'm ugly, you're smart, I'm dumb. I, I will, I will do it all. Florida State does not deserve. I, I understand what happened. They don't deserve to be here because I think from when you look the the the, the committee, even though that the degenerate, completely unintelligent, for there's so much. But if you look at these teams and you go, our job is to pick the best four based off of the full story of this entire season. Unfortunately, Rodemaker, I mean, they were losing going in the fourth quarter against Florida. And like Ty said, Florida's terrible. Um, Awful. You know, that's not the point. It's the principle because when he raised up his phone, when Ty raised up his phone, that's the first thing on the criteria. They don't get down there to the to the whole best four uh, four teams to the last point. No, you have Chris, to look Chris, at it as no, a I'm sorry. Yes. 
That's no, crazy. No, 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 Chris, That's you're like an attorney. No, 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 you know, time out. You're an attorney and you know damn well that is not at all how you look at this. Do not be disingenuous and lie to the people. They are giving you a list of factors that they have to look at. Don't you dare as an attorney tell the people, oh, well, if I don't like factor number four, screw it. That's not how this is. It is a complete checklist. Let's be genuine here. Let's it's a complete checklist, but it's not a combination of things and they combine Exactly. And they one, and they got to the very two. last checkpoint and said, geez that. Louise, they don't fit here. You can't so do they, that. You can't that's the point of a criteria. And then jump to this one. You can't do that. You have Chris, to what's the cat's box. test? Chris, what is the cat's test? You have to check each box. Ty, look. But if you Ty, fail I one problem, you fail the every test. Every single day. I'm going to court tomorrow. I'll be doing it tomorrow. You have to check each box. One and they didn't one. check one. And they didn't check one. If you fail one prong of the cat's test, you fail the cat's test. Right or wrong? Man. Right or yes. wrong? Yes. There we go. So if you do this every day, you just failed one prong, you fail. Well, exactly. The, the committee failed. The committee the is State a failed. bunch of dummies. Okay? I said it. They ma It makes no sense. All right. We're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic of discussion because all we're going to do is keep going in circles on this one. But it was fun. This was great right. entertainment for the people. It was great for them to enjoy us go back and forth and around. But we ain't going to do them to go back and around in circles. We know it. But we have to work here, guys. Oh, this you know I love you, but you prefer Auburn. It's piping hot. This day good. This day good, good. This is something we got to talk about because Ty, you was excited just like me and I kept beating you. I kept beating you to the punch. And so we're going to be prepared for it. What is that? Elijah Robinson's probably gone from Texas A&M, y'all. For those of y'all that do follow him, you know what that means, right? All that Texas A&M real estate they got on that, on that football field, defensive side, could potentially be looking for new homes. There's a lot of it because Elijah Robinson was the cog that was keeping all of those defensive players together. He is the dude that made them feel like that they wanted to be there in College Station, and that man's going to be heading home. Now, technically, Syracuse is at home. Penn State's home for him, but he is born and raised northeastern part of the country. This is home for him. This is home. And I knew why he was going to take Because a few people was asking the question. I've had people hit me up, you know, and just chit-chatting about it. They were like, why would he go to Syracuse? Why would he go there? Two things. One, his best friend is the head coach there, so he's giving him the chance to advance and defensive coordinator because Elko wasn't going to do it. The next thing to go behind it, because Elko's a defensive guy, he would probably be the, the, the de facto play caller. Elijah wanted more responsibility. The second thing is the man's from the north. He's from up there. So as an assistant, AM was prepared to pay this man a lot of money to stick around, but he wants the responsibility and opportunity advance. This is his chance. So it looks like that is what's going to happen. We're going to go around the corner on this. We're going around this, around this entire area, hit the table up with everything. You know what? I'm going to let... Coop, lead the way, followed by Ty. Then Chris will give you the final thoughts. Coop, how are you feeling about Elijah Robinson? We'll talk about players afterwards. Well, I mean, everything comes into play, right? Um, when we have the what we have in, in today's world, we have so many options, so many things that we can get to. Um, when you get down to it, sometimes you just need a reason to make that decision, and you need a point. Like, this is why. This is why. And so through after two to three lackluster years, uh, I mean, let's be honest, uh, in 2020, they threw out something that looked like decent football down in College Station, and we haven't seen it since. 
Um, it, it's enigmatic. Um, it is confusing. It is, there's so much wrong with what's going on down there. So they go through two years of that. They fire their coach. Then it's just an absolute joke in a circus, even in the coaching search. Um, this can be the final thing to be like, you know, I, I'm le- coach is leaving, so that's why I'm leaving. And they're going to start looking. Um, I'm just wondering what, what, what's going to happen when they open up the truck for some of these guys to stick around? Are some of these guys going to try to, to bounce out and go somewhere? And let's, let's bring up the names. All right. So, um, you, you know, we, we got Nolan, we got David Hicks, we got, uh, Gabe Dindy, you know, there's a lot of people that, Oh, you finished number two, and that's not even counting this year's class. That's uh, set to uh, you know sign here in a couple weeks. Um, I mean, this is big because I think that that is one of the things that asked, you know, that, that like you said, Jay, held everything together. Now you're going to have wide receivers going, "Hey, listen, that was the kind of the final straw." They're like, so the de- defensive line coach is why you're leaving. But everybody needed one final reason, and I think this is the, the let's get out of Dodge deal. But I think the, the, the bigger piece of this is all these recruits are going to start looking everywhere. This is going to put Elko behind the eight ball a little bit because he's going to get a bunch of people out, and this is going to make his job tougher. And this is why when rumors start you know, flying around about uh, you know, potential um, – you know, situation at a school that you've got four commitments and maybe a fifth on the way. You've got to watch these situations more than ever because of social media. Because right there, that when you see Elijah Robinson to be Syracuse defensive coordinator per report, that doesn't says it's done. It doesn't say anything at all. That is a headline. And everybody nowadays operates on headlines. Right. And that is going to send people fleeing. And that's going to send people everywhere. And so... Um, you know, I feel bad because I like Elko. I hate that he went to A and M because I wanted him to succeed in life until now. Um, but it, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. And you know, I, I feel a little bad about uh, maybe Elko, and that's probably it down in down in College Station. Um, could we get some people? Sure, we could. Um, but let's watch because I'm pretty sure that all of their bargaining chips for all these recruits that are going to go test the waters. Their chips are their bargaining chips gone. Everybody knows that it is an absolute massive, you know, bleep show down in College Station. So if you want yourself a nice, hefty NIL deal and you want to go to a, a program that's going to be competitive next year, you better swallow that and earn it on the field because nobody's going to want a guy who had six tackles all year long, you know, coming in and saying, "What's that NIL deal that you got? You guys still got that thing you had for me last year?" No, 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 Chief, that's gone. Now you get to come to the, play ball. If you want to come play a ball and earn it on the field, well, you, we, we can work on your NIL. Yeah, and, and this is one of those big ones to look at right here. We've, we've already seen a decommitment yeah. come down the line literally a couple minutes ago. Thank you, Toe, for pointing that out, my boy. You always are on point. Um, Ty, how you feel? What, what, what you think? I know you, your arms have been up. And you look, he got that bird man going right now. He's, he's ready to go ahead and just go all in. You've been excited for a bit. Give it to me, Ty. How you feeling? Ty, you're muted. Come you're, on, you're guys. Muted. We've been we've been doing this for years. I know, I know. I am <laughs> the consummate amateur. Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. But what? Tough. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Coop. 
I feel for Elko because, and I'm not saying this is fact. I'm saying this is what I have heard, right? I don't claim to be an insider. I claim to be an opinion piece. So take this as someone who heard something and has an opinion on it. I heard there was a lot, a lot of talk in that locker room about the players rallying behind E-Rob. Yep. They wanted him there. And I don't mean as just a defensive line coach. Far more than that. He yep. was a massive piece for Texas A&M. Do y'all want to know something wild? Y'all, will y'all indulge me for a second? I'm going to read Please. you a list. Walter Nolan, DJ, Walter Nolan, number two in the nation in his class, number one at his position. DJ Hicks, seven in the nation, one in his position. LT Overton, 14 in the nation, four at his position. DeMarvin Leal, 16th in the nation, second at his position. Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy, 17th in the nation, fifth at his position. And we've finally gotten out of five-star range, where we at least tune Mies Adelaide, 39th in the nation, number nine in his position. I mean, that's fantastic. Anai White from Philadelphia, number 47 in the nation, number four at his position. Dominic McKinley, once again, number 39, number seven in his position. Chase Besantis, number 46 in the nation, number one at his position. Interior offensive line, so don't get this misunderstood. They send him everywhere. Anthony Lucas, defensive lineman, number 59 in the nation, number 10 defensive line. Donnell Harris, 49 in the nation, number 5. McKinley Jackson, 62, 9. Malik Sila, number 94, 10. Dalen Evans, 87, 12. I can keep going, and that's the scary part. I can keep going and going and going as to how effective this guy has been on the recruiting trail. Jay, Chris, for as long as y'all have streamed with me, I have said and said one thing nice about AM only. I get why defensive linemen go there because they have a great defensive line coach, and that's the one thing they do right. Like they will send you to the league. Now you have you don't have Jimbo there. And so now these recruits, and this is why Coop, I love the I love what you were going down here. These recruits already have questions. So then you get Elko. Okay, that answers some of the questions. Now you lose Erop. Dare I say just as many questions as when Jimbo was fired? Or dare I say more? This is big. This is big. And someone put in chat that... You're right, Neo. I did want Brahms this evening, actually, and I didn't get it. So that's, that's a little funny, actually. Neither here nor there. Uh, someone put into chat that Nick Williams could be someone to look at to also go to Syracuse. And he has worked Ooh. with Erop before. Uh-huh. He the knows the South. Yep. He knows the South. And Nick Williams is also a guy, when he left A&M for Georgia, guys followed. Right? Like, guys mm-hmm. followed him. That's a big move. This is a name to keep up with. Really interesting stuff here. Yeah, well, he's, he went to Colorado. He just left Colorado. So since now he's completely open, whew, I could totally see him following up there, being on that line with, Erop again and yeah uh Syracuse the, the good thing for Syracuse is they're gonna have some great coaches to coach up some guys the bad thing is they may not see a lot of players follow they'll they may not win a lot of big recruits at the school but they're gonna win some good players and I think uh King Joseph Edwards is one that's right now at Syracuse in his top three and it looks like Syracuse is probably gonna win that bid Chris how you feeling about this news of Erop Finally leaving uh, Texas A&M and becoming a thorn out of our side. Uh, I've, I've seen the situation before uh, um, with uh, Jamar Kane. I, I, I feel like, you know, one staff is is kind of coming in with their own thing. He 
Elko better make the right hire. This isn't Duke. He's not going to be given enough time to sit there and play around and try to build culture and all the rest of that stuff. He he better make the right hire with this to to maintain that. Um, Ty, everybody on this panel, Coop, Jay, you guys have heard me say this before. Texas A&M can't go and hire just a coach. They have to hire somebody who's going to do two things, which is one, be able to hit the uh, the recruiting grounds, uh, you know, running. Obviously, that's obvious, duh. But two, somebody who's going to be able to instantly win over that locker room and keep those kids there because the mass exodus that we could possibly see is still on the table. Will we see it? Like Jay has always said about some kids on that roster that we would love to have uh, up here in Norman, I got to see it to believe it. But the fact of the matter is, is that he better make a hell of a hire. Um, I would say there's there's probably a little, there's a faint chorus of fans at at OU who are still not totally pleased with, with Chavis. I like Chavis. I think that Chavis is a really good young coach, and I think he's a oh, he's becoming a really good uh, recruiter. I think he has the potential to be elite if he could, uh, it, it, you know, on the more that he closes uh, on the deals, right? So for me, you got to trust Elko right now, but at the same time, that's a huge loss, not only because of the recruits that he has there, but just because of the relationships that he's built, yeah. not only inside the building, but everywhere else in the state of Texas, right? You, for me, especially going to a job like that, I got to have at least one holdover, somebody that I know can go out there and, and, and get me what I need. I got to, if, if, um, Texas Tech's coach McGuire, if he's on my staff, if he's on my staff and I'm coming there, I got to find a way to keep this guy if I, if I, if I know that he has those connects because Elko is going to have connects, but are his connects fresh like that to where he can go and recruit? to the standard that Texas A&M has for the longest. Because like I said, this is Texas A&M. This is not Duke where you become transport uh, a transfer portal you. You're going to hit the transfer portal hard. I get that. But you're also going to have to recruit at a high level to get those guys in because nobody wants to come there and watch 8-5 and five football because they just did that with Jimbo. So, yeah. like I said, He's got to he's got to make a home run with this. He has no choice, and supposedly he has a good recruiter in the wings waiting uh, for that. I don't see McKinley following going to Louis LSU. Everybody keeps saying LSU. He ain't going to LSU. Man. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. No. They, his family does not like it. Like LSU, we we we've heard this story already. He ain't going there. The closest thing he go to is Texas, most likely. Uh, I know that he was an Oklahoma, uh, very interested in Oklahoma as well. So it was between that, you know, I think his mom wanted Oklahoma. He wanted A&M. He ended up at A&M because, you know, the we know how when it comes to moms and recruiting. But it's going to be interesting the next 48 hours because tomorrow is the official day that the transfer portal opens for everyone, not just grads. And boy, if the underclass or if this is official, which – I think that's why this went down today. I think this is why this happened right now. I think this is why Syracuse said, I need to get you in. We need to go ahead and get this contract completed Sunday night so we can announce you first thing Monday morning is because he's going to have to start recruiting Monday. And then in-home visits are going to begin, and then you're going to have the dead period. You got early signing day, then you got the dead period, and then you're going to have 
the standard signing day, man, he's going to be working his butt off. So to me, there's a lot of players to consider. I'll probably look at, you know, the list of people that we're going to go through and who could potentially show up, but it's, it's not, I don't, I, I can't give you that now. There's too many people to consider and I don't like talking to my kids that ain't in the portal yet. If you ain't in the physical portal yet, ain't no boy me talking about you because I can get everybody hyped and excited about it, but that don't mean you're going to show up. But I did want to wrap things up and talk about these uh, New Year's Six Bowl games and get y'all's thoughts on who wins what as we wrap up the day. Let me add this bad boy to uh, the screen. And, Chris, we're going to lead off with you. Uh, uh, don't, don't you be able to hurt. Are you heartbroken that I want uh, you to go first? Look, I'm upset. I'm upset. And the fact that you would bring Ty on here knowing the, the, the parade that he's on right now, it makes me upset. What? It makes me upset. He's mad that Auburn lost. Yeah, exactly. He actually <laughs> is. That's like what it is. I can see that. It's hey, fine. I was Auburn almost irate. Lost. I was almost. Oh, boy. <laughs> That was going to be a bad said, evening I, in Texas. Jay, I sat there. I sat there and waited. I, I waited because I was about to call Ty. And, I would have uh, hit you with that instant ignore. <laughs> <laughs> Not answered reluctantly, just depressed. All right. So, yeah, looking at the games, man, we got some really good games, honestly. I, I'm excited about that Georgia-Florida State game. Um, for obvious reasons, for everything I just argued with Ty about. Um, the Ohio State-Missouri game really ticks me off simply because that should have been us. But um, Ohio State better show up prepared because Missouri will. And I think that if – if the now, excuse me, let, let me say this right here. To our audience tonight, they know what, what Luther Burden is all about. But to the casuals, this could be a huge breakout party for Luther Burke nationally, in my opinion. I think that this is a game where he, I mean, obviously he did it against Georgia, but I think at this stage in a bowl game, Luther Burden is going to be a problem. And I think that um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, uh, what, what's his name? Um, Knowles up there, the a defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah, Jim Knowles. Jim yeah, Knowles, yeah. the old Oklahoma State. One. It's it's going to be interesting to see how he tries to contain him, and then you have to worry about uh, the uh, Weiss on the other yeah, side. Weiss. So yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Early on, I'd say this: I got I got Georgia, I got Missouri. The Penn State Ole Miss game is going to be up and down simply because I don't know if Ole Miss is going to be. I, I think Ole, I I'm going to give it to Ole Miss because I don't think Penn State can score. And that's that's no. that's my problem. They have uh, they don't have okay. their yeah. They, what'd you say? I said okay, okay. No, no, I don't no. Think, continue. Keep cooking. I don't think they can score. And then uh, I'll end it here. I'll just say, hey, um, Oregon by forty because I don't see how that's going to be pretty at all. I'm sorry, Ty. Go ahead, follow up behind even, him I, in the Auburn I, hate as well as um, yeah. I need your sentiment on these real quick. No, I don't even have to say anything about Oregon Liberty. Chris said it all. Um, when it comes <laughs> to Penn State Ole Miss, here's the – I don't disagree with you at all, Chris. Not one bit. That Penn State offense was uh, disgusting, right, and really nasty. <laughs> but Ole Miss has a secret weapon, my friend, that you forget. A name. Dare I say, when I whisper it, it echoes through the channels of my Mr. nightmares. Sanders? Pete Golding. Oh, my fault. <laughs> and 
And uh, third and Golding is known to give up a wheel route and to lose tight ends, right? I, I mean, that's just like if there were two point. things that defined the Golding defense to me, I, I and I've said this before, I think Golding is on to something, but I think he he's still figuring out how he wants to get there. That's why Saban kept him for so long, because the guy is very smart. Recruits love him, but it's almost like he overthinks his defense. Even though I, I, I think that it will be close, it's tough for me to argue um, against you there as well. I think just Ole Miss, I mean, hell, they got 55 quarterbacks. One of them's got to work out, right? Like, they'll find yeah. a way. When I look at Florida State, Georgia, I just look at it like this. Georgia is so balanced. And, yeah, Alabama was able to get home against Georgia. Actually, Nick Saban has a really interesting um, soundbite right now where they asked him how Alabama found success. He said after the first drive, they started playing different coverages. They stayed too high and only brought four. Like, they just stopped trying to sell out for the run, and that's when they really started fine. They had two spies. They had two spies in that game, which was crazy. Georgia did. Yeah, Georgia was using two spies against Bama. Yeah, that was wild. Um that's what you get when you play Schumann and Kirby, though. You're going to get some really interesting stuff. I just don't think Florida State, like, what's your answer for Bowers? What's your answer with McConkey? And I get it. This defense has been fantastic, but they've been fantastic against teams that I don't quite think have the repertoire that Georgia does. And I'm interested to see who plays for Georgia, because if McConkey and Bowers don't play, we're talking about something a little bit different, but they still have love it. They still have a very talented wide receiver core. They still got a lot of running backs. Kendall Milton announced today, if I'm not mistaken, he's coming back. And then they still Mm -hmm. have that defense. Give me Georgia in that one. Ohio state, Missouri. I haven't, I need to grind more uh, Ohio State tape, to be 100% honest with you. I've seen their games this year, but I haven't rewatched as many Ohio State games as I would like. I've watched a lot of Missouri, and I really like Missouri. So right now, I, I do want to let it be known, I'm putting an asterisk by this one, but I'm going to take Missouri. I want to go back, rewatch some Ohio State, but I- I've watched a lot of Missouri. I really love what Drinkowitz has done there. I'm going to have to go on an apology tour at the end of this season as it pertains to Drinkowitz. Ooh, yeah, and I know a few of us probably would feel the need to do that. I don't. I we'll see if this if this encore happens next year, especially once their schedule gets a lot tougher uh, potentially. Because yeah, I I'm, I'm not I'm I'm still not sold on the Drinkwitz. Setup. I said some um, bad things, Jay. I gotta apologize, man. You That's really did, right. but but he's been there what four years? True, kind of warranted. You know, we we we're seeing success out of a lot of coaches within their second to third year. Took him his fourth year to get it with the more favorable schedule. So you know what? You're no, you're right. No apology tour. Yeah, you don't need to go apology. Screw that guy. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Cool. Looking at these games, man. Give give us your quick initial thoughts. We're gonna give an actual breakdown later. Um, but give give us your initial thoughts on these because you know I know everybody needs to grind tape and really decide what they feel. What you got? All right, first up, Oklahoma versus Boise. I mean, sorry, uh, Oregon versus Liberty. Um, <laughs> done. I'm done. Oh, oh, that is. Listen, if if I'm Bob Stoops, I called Dan Landing. I said, "Hey, man, just don't let this happen to you, brother. Uh, you know, just just please don't." Uh, a lot of more factors, a lot of injuries went into that uh, into that game, but still, I mean, that's what it is. It's uh, so the opening line is Oregon uh, minus fourteen. So. There is some, I mean, there's some respect, and maybe it's opt-outs, maybe it's something else. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a lose-lose situation. 
we'll see what kind of uh, mental fortitude that Dan Lanning has with his team. Uh, because if they if they roll in there and uh, you know if they roll in there and they screw around, Liberty will get some hope. And uh, why do I know that? Because uh, us Sooners are really really good at doing that to teams that shouldn't be. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Georgia at Florida, currently a 13-point favorite of Georgia. And so that's what Vegas is putting out. If you start seeing that line get smaller, we are waiting for opt-outs. So let's, uh, you know, kind of monitor that as that happens. Um, Yeah, I just – it doesn't matter. I think Georgia's defense is dirty. Florida State was having trouble scoring against Louisville the other night, Uh, having trouble scoring against Florida. Well, Georgia's got a different game going on. Um, So – uh, I mean, you say that you know, Tate can go in and they can install stuff, but, uh, I mean, I think you need more than a month. Uh, Kirby Smart is uh, the, the, the the understudy of Nick Saban, and you give Nick Saban a month for somebody, and it, it always looks it always looks a little sad uh, for the other team. Uh, Penn State Ole Miss. Penn State's currently a one-and-a-half-point uh, favorite, and that blows my mind. Um, I You know, just because I, I, I do see – um, you know, Ole Miss has the opportunity for, uh, you know, for good offense. Uh, I just don't see Penn State being able to, to score. And, um, you know, that's going to be down a little bit more towards the uh, SEC country. So I think I'm going to take Ole Miss on that side. And last but not least, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what happens. Uh, if the top three Ohio State receivers all sit down, they still have seven other five stars that they can throw out there um, at receivers. So I don't think opt-outs matter much. Um, you know, if anything, I think that Ibuka and Harrison are out there uh, vying for who goes higher in the draft, um, you know, trying to show up. But, you know, let's let's if I'm Ohio State, I, I ask both those guys to play and see if we can get them both 200 yards receiving. I, I just I see Ohio State um, that, you know, the, the dream is always hard to sustain with a month off. And so I think that's where Missouri is going to uh, probably have the, the biggest challenge. Yeah, and Coop, you made a really good point about the Fiesta Bowl being quote-unquote cursed for uh, other teams to go in there and knock other teams off. I mean, from Oklahoma losing to not only Boise State, but West Virginia in back-to-back years, you did see Boise State knock off TCU. You also saw UCF beat Baylor. You saw uh, Boise State beat Arizona. You saw um, who else? Iowa State beat Oregon, what, you know, a couple years ago, about Three years ago, actually 2021, Three years. when that happened. So that is a very quite common thing that you, you see stuff happen there. So um, this is a very much lose-lose situation for Oregon. Like, Oregon got the short end of the stick on this. And as Jason mentioned in here, what's good, Brody? See you in here. Um, he made mention greatly on here that Oregon beats nobody all season and gets a New Year's Six Bowl game, right? That's that, 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 the, the logic there really ain't there because – yeah, them they're gonna play Liberty. Liberty's gonna be like a they're probably a hundred point dog at this point in everybody's mind. And they may actually go out there and beat Oregon, which is gonna yeah. be the funniest thing that's gonna happen this entire bowl season. Is there gonna be a very is a very good chance that they can because we're all gonna overlook Liberty and they're gonna walk in there and do that. SMU should have got the spot, and I think SMU would have given Oregon hell because they actually got a Decent defense. Their defense has gotten a little bit more improved over the year. I mean, they don't have Preston Stone, which, you know, Ty knows that it was funny that I was getting excited about them. And got that right. Preston broke his leg. And oh. it still didn't matter. And I was still right because yeah, the I entire team is hey, that good. Shout out to Randall. Like, I try to tell folks, man. 
SMU was good. No, and Jay, Jay I, I, I would have picked SMU. I thought that your quarterback, but hey, this is this is Coop to our point. The backup quarterback came in there and threw for 250-plus yards against the good two-lane defense. (laughs) When you back up, you take care of business, and you don't look like all of a sudden you forgot how to play offense. But still, all right, let me move on. Let me move on from there. (laughs) I knew that was going to spark up. No, Jay, can I? No, 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 not yet. We're forgetting the game. Huh? We're forgetting the game. What game? December 30th. Uh, in the Music City Bowl, Auburn takes on uh, Maryland. I'd like to. Oh, I'd like to hear what Ty has to say about that match. <laughs> we, 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 oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll give that to Ty last. All right, next up. <laughs> um, just watch out for Liberty in this game. I'm just. I'm just. It's Fiesta Bowl, and it seems to be the place where people like to uh, Tostitos, PlayStation. It didn't matter. That seems to be the weird one. This Penn State Ole Miss matchup is annoying. Right, and, and Ty hit the nail mm-hmm. on the head. We got third and Golding there. We've got uh, Ole Miss and Jackson Dar. We got James Franklin, who's probably going to lose Manny Diaz to the Duke job or uh, another job. So he's already got him a new offensive coordinator. So we'll see what Penn State, if they can figure out something offensively for Aller. I think that they take out Ole Miss, which annoys me because I really wish we would have paid Penn State and beat them by 30. That would have been so much fun. Uh, Florida State, Georgia, I'm just going to wait and see what Tate looks like over the next couple of weeks. As long as if he gets out of concussion protocol, Georgia, of course, is I don't think Georgia was a huge favorite in this game. Were they? What was the spread thir- for that? 13. Was it 13? Thir- is it 13? Yeah. So it is a huge spread. Okay. So Georgia's expected to destroy those boys and it's in Florida. Well, it's not too far from where Georgia's at either. So, I mean, it's closer theory, to Georgia. Yeah. yeah Miami is, it's Miami's not that far from Georgia in comparison to Tallahassee. So yeah, that, that home field advantage thing don't exist in this game. I think Georgia probably does end up winning it. But Florida State upsets, then we all shut up. We'll leave them alone. Boy, They'll you think I have to go on an apology State. tour for Drinkwitz. The apology tour I'll have to go on if Florida State upsets Georgia is not something I want to think about. Exactly. Lastly, we got here Ohio State versus Missouri and Ty. Like I said, man, Drinkwitz figured it out four years in potentially. We'll see what it looks like next year because we're seeing a lot of coaches. They'll have that Mel Tucker year, and then they go right back to where they were. That's what I want to see if they can do that, if that happens here. But Ohio State needs to redeem themselves. They desperately need this win. They're, what, 2-12 and 12 against the SEC over the last, what, 14 oh games? They've been getting their tails kicked. Ohio State's got to win that game. Like, it's desperate that they got to win that ball game. And then now we'll hey, wrap Jay. that up. What's up? I just got a question for the panel. If in this year, 2023... Let's say that there's a less than convincing national championship game and Florida State beats Georgia. How many years it is is it before Oklahoma State claims this year as a national championship? That's a good question. I give Does them- it have to be 60? <laughs> yeah. No, they're going to take advantage. Take advantage. Strike while the iron's hot. Three years. Yeah. <laughs> Three years. All right. Go right after it. I love it. Auburn. Who's Auburn play? Maryland. Uh, and actually, Chris? no, Maryland. Maryland. And he's not wrong. This is a really interesting game, actually. You have Mike Loxley, who's really keyed in offensively, but a little bit like Lane Kiffin. And I don't know that that's necessarily Mike Loxley or just like Maryland. Right, because it's not yeah. exactly like they have blue chips everywhere. It's a good team. I really like Tualia. They've recruited decently well. They flipped a five-star wide receiver from LSU years ago. They have the ability yeah. to do some stuff. 
but Auburn with Hugh Freeze. The thing that makes this so hard, and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, but genuinely, like, Kieran had a soundbite that went viral, and it went viral for a good reason. Uh, we, we call Auburning, Auburning for a reason. Nobody knows what Auburn is going to do. Absolutely nobody knows who Auburn will be, what they will look like. That has been Auburn for years, and I get it. It makes them super easy to laugh at, and you bet your sweet bippy I lead that charge. <laughs> but I also acknowledge like they when they want to play, they can be a real tough team. And I don't know why they just can't put it together for a full season, but it, that's going to actually be an interesting bowl game. I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited about that one. All right. Um, Chris, go ahead and talk about your Auburn uh, Tigers, War oh, Eagles, or whatever they are. It, it's Auburn by 40, man. I think this is this is the start of something new. I think what you saw against Georgia and what you saw against those damn um, – um, you know, honestly, it was the push-offs tie, but we're not going to go there today. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> those damn roll tie, damn roll tie, right? But, no, I think that um, Hugh Freeze has said it. I mean, he's been open and honest about it. He doesn't have the roster. He doesn't have the talent yet. Um, you see some of these young guys that uh, that they're recruiting, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that he's going to be really, really excited about. I know um, I think you guys have, have – or somebody has dropped – has has been saying that they think he's going to get that uh that quarterback from coastal carolina or whatnot um i'm not sure if that makes really a bit of difference i think honestly you kind of got to ride what you have with peyton thorne honestly unless you're going to start that five star i know i know trust me i know I, hey but ty 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 he looked good against y'all the hell he, he did he looked good against y'all i saw him running the ball and it was i saw him running the ball but I, I'm not gonna go there, though, Ty. I'm gonna let you have today, okay? The hell, he did look good against us. Oh, I, I mean, he did that. run the ball. That's about it. That was what well, was the questions I had. Is like, where my, did his running come from? From Thorne, he ain't been doing it all year. But my, my I problem, do. With, my problem to wrap it up. My problem with Maryland is simply just right here. I don't know if, if Tua's little brother uh, Talia or however you say his name. Tua, I don't yeah. know if he's gonna make it through the whole, entire game. Uh, he, I mean, in big games little like Tua. this, yeah, it's where he usually gets hurt. Something yeah, comes bro. up and he's usually hurt. So. I don't know if I could trust him really to finish this game. Yeah. I mean, so here, here we go. Everybody's been asking for it, so I'm going to give this to you, right? I'm going to give you all the BCS. So many people, I've had a few people in here say, we go BCS system, BCS system. Y'all ready for the BCS? This is the BCS. If we do BCS, we have Michigan, Washington, Texas, and then Alabama. Well, I'm sorry, Alabama and Florida State. Texas doesn't make it. Georgia's right underneath oh. That's what the BCS would have done in their simulated setup. Then you would have had Ohio State, Oregon, Penn State, Missouri, Ole Miss, and we still would have been 12, which is absurd to me. But, you know, yeah. Down with that computer. Down and, goes and the we, computer. Down. We'd have been screwed by Troy is what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. crazy that computers can get it right, though, Ty. AI is taking over the world again. So now we need to bring back the computers. <laughs> Done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. What? I'm done with you. He said AI is no, no. We're not. That's we're never we're, gonna we're, be in that moment. We're watching the Matrix right now, though. That's As, yeah. BCS did it better. Yeah, yeah. Put somebody put out there. Somebody put this on Chat GPT and see what they have to say. I, I'll believe hmm. Chat GPT. I don't, I don't know about all that. That thing has got. <laughs> that's a little biasness. That thing is kind of, uh, 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 you know slanted on them or whatnot but you know Topher, you've been mentioning this a couple times we'll talk about it we'll wrap this bad boy up put a bow on it we'll talk recruiting 
Uh, there was a visit that happened, what, uh, yesterday or today? We had uh, Beatonbo going to go visit a very uh, toted recruit that everybody wants to get their hands on here at Oklahoma. Is our boy Eddie uh, Eddie uh, Pierre Louis? He is actually set to make his announcement on this date, which will be the fifteenth of December. I'm excited. I know everybody else in here is as well. He had a visit recently. Said hi to our guy, and um, yeah, I I I, I want to know, gentlemen, how does it feel to potentially win this uh, sweepstakes? Uh, Coop, I'll leave with you, then go to Chris, and then Ty. You can tell us how you feel when he signs. I will call <laughs> this one good. I love that because that's exactly how I feel, Chris. Feels like another Grant Brick, uh, Brick situation, right? But hey, if this if we get this guy, this is a guy that honestly can come in and do the same thing as as, as uh, Caden Green. Caden honestly, Green. I think he's 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 that damn good. I, I I think this is a guy that if we get in here, this is yeah, this is one of those ones right here. This is one of those ones right here, especially with what, in my opinion, I don't know anything about this, but in my opinion, what we could lose on the offensive line outside of Guyton. This would be another big pickup, honestly, because he's a guy that I think you could you could put in there. You may have some freshman woes, but I think he's a guy that you could see early and often next year. I can see that. And uh, Seth, this is a great offseason question. Ty, I'm going to write this down. We're going to bring you on again. We're going to talk about this. If you line up Derrick Henry and Bo Jackson and Oklahoma Drill, who wins? Definitely want to talk about that another time. But Ty, how are you feeling about Eddie, uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis potentially picking the Sooners as he just recently had a visit? Yeah, look, A&M is in a lot of turmoil right now. Always tough to count them out, but, you know, probably safe to count them out. Miami, anytime you see an offensive lineman that's being heavily recruited by this Miami staff, you know you're, you're barking up the right tree. I have, I have, I like Mario. I want him to succeed, but my goodness, if he doesn't infuriate me something ferocious, the one thing, man, that guy, they can get some offensive linemen right. Like that's, that's his bread and butter everywhere. He goes, Alex Mirable goes. And like those two together, if they're hot on the trail of somebody, you're probably after a dude. This would be a huge win for Oklahoma. I know the Grant Brick situation. Bricks? Bricks? Is it Bricks? Yeah, Bricks. Bricks. Yeah, Bricks. I thought, I thought so. I don't know why my brain told me I was wrong. I know that situation didn't go as you had intended, but listen, this is a really talented player. This is a really, really talented player. He's been flying off uh, recruiting boards, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And his recruiting process has really heated up from the summer months on. And that just shows you. Coaches have started grinding his tape. They love what they see. Oh, you got him in for a visit. And this is what I always say, man. Trust Biedenbo, trust Brent Venables. Brent Venables recruits at that style where if you're getting an offer, you probably camped. They've seen you in their environment. Those guys, I mean, they hit at high rates. Staffs that do that, they hit at very high rates. Yeah, when you see a dude this big run like this, this is not fair. Look at that big old man just get it, right? My God. Just look at him run. Just look at that. Like, is that fair? Like, like, and there should be a law. I'm going to show this one more time. There should be laws against this a man this size running like this. I can't I love showing. I, I I love showing this video over and over just because it's just it's 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 fascinating to see that 
this is what he's capable of doing, right? Like just, I'm just, just I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you if you're the two white kids, if you win, you can't say anything. <laughs> if you lose, you can't say anything. Like you just need to walk off the track and go somewhere. Because if you if you say anything wrong, like my name's David, might get you dealt. I mean, it's a fair point. That's I wouldn't have stopped running. Force gumped it. Just force gump. Just keep on going. I'm hoping that this is a battle of stamina, my guy, because I'm losing the battle of speed. I'm just hoping I can outlast you. (laughs) Yeah, you ain't gonna catch me. Don't eat me. Right. It's like you know being chased by a big old bear. You know, I ain't gotta beat the bear. I gotta beat you. Yeah, I just gotta beat you. (laughs) That's the only thing that matters. All right, gentlemen. I mean, we're gonna wrap this up. We've gone for almost an hour thirty. I appreciate y'all pulling up, everybody. Thanks for tuning in here on YouTube. We're going to let everybody go around, let people know where to find you, like we always do when we wrap up. We'll start with you, Chris. Move to Tide. And, then, you know, Coop is always with me. But, Chris, talk to the people. They should hey, know. Hornstown Podcast, uh, at Chris with the underscore K on Twitter. Yeah, they'll throw them horns down. Hey, shout out to all you guys. Thank you guys for always uh, inviting me. Ty, you can – we'll talk after this. We need to ask the words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he likes fighting with you, but Ty, go ahead. Bring it. No, uh, listen, shout out to the Stolen Valor uh, Eagles out there over at Auburn. Those Stolen Valor Eagles always giving Chris a lot to to root for because they're not a war eagle. They they do too much pretending for that. You can find me over at Around the Table Sports. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yep. And you know, Ty always goes live uh, on Mondays at 530. Hopefully I'm home. I should be able to jump on. We'll continue this conversation around all of these picks. Get everybody's opinions. We'll sleep on it. Be able to have an even more clear head going into it. But for my boy Coop, thank you all for pulling up to the channel. Hit the like button to wipe your feet as you walk out the door. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. Love to have you join the family. We got a few new subscriptions on today, so thank y'all for joining us. Hopefully, you watch the live stream. If not, you watch some other videos. Check this out again. And with that, we'll chop it up here in I don't know, a couple hours. Peace.